we are bottom of the smash mountain i would like to thank my supporters over at patreon.com slash bsm pod for supporting me and what i'm doing and also all the lovely listeners thank you for watching and listening to the podcast today we have purple pear adam who hails hey from what's up halfway around the world you don't have to you don't have to dox yourself too hard here but this is a this is a 8 a.m. conversation for me and a 9 p.m. conversation for you. So we can leave it there if you want to. But otherwise, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, no problem. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, I'm, I'm a smash guy in Hong Kong of all places. So that, that's where I'm at. Um, thank you for having me on. This is, is super awesome. Can't wait to get into it. That's really, really cool that, first of all, I know that we like to say Melee is a worldwide thing. But then even in North Dakota melee is apparently dead so i really like hearing that there are people in places like hong kong and then when the smash world tour 2022 was announced different events that are being held in australia or there's i guess the the qatar event is just ultimate but there was something else a brazilian event um ultra hard i think also has a melee bracket so that's really really cool to hear about different parts of the world doing that and i don't remember there being i remember there being a seal uh south korean tournament being announced for melee but i don't recall there being a a hong kong one so maybe in the future but you are I, I was looking it. I was looking really hard uh during that <laughs> announcement video. I was like, where where are the Southeast Asian events? I was looking. I, I noticed the, the Korean one and the Japanese. There's two Japanese ones, but one was for Ultimate, I think only. And then uh yeah, and, then, and then one only for melee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One day. One day. In Hong <laughs> yes. Kong. Well, how much do you want to be a part of that? Because we can get into specifically you. How did you how did you first get into melee and then we'll sort of get to the point of where we are of where we are now? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually, my brother and I growing up, we had a GameCube. Um, I think it must have been like 2002, 2003 as like a Christmas present. Uh, We had an older cousin who had his own NES in the States. So growing up when we were still living in the States, because I moved to Hong Kong at an early age, we would go see this guy, uh, our older cousin. And he used to, I remember, uh, he used to bop us with Pikachu in uh in you know this first smash and and we were hooked and we would just sit there for hours in his little like basement room playing um and my brother and i were huge fans of like pikachu and like pokemon and stuff so i think we must have like begged our parents to get a gamecube we got smash um we used to wake up at like six like 7 a.m like early for school just so we could play 99 stock battles on like different stages (laughs) we would never like finish the stock battle but it was always a good way for my brother (laughs) to get bragging rights uh, early in the day. Uh, But I had no idea about competitive. I think a lot of people are in my position. It only came back up post Evo 2013. My brother had watched the documentary and I had met a guy in college in California who he ended up living right next to me. He was my college neighbor and he had a GameCube and we would just play constantly. And I remember the first thing that blew my mind about, oh, this game is not what I remember back in 2003, my, my favorite game with my brother, uh, <laughs> was when he showed me that Samus could like bomb jump recover. And I was like, oh my God, like that is, she can recover forever? This is so cool. And so I sick. never knew something like that. It was so sick. And it's like built into the game, right? Like it looks super seamless. So I ended up becoming a Samus main. That's like my first competitive like main. Yeah, basically. Woohoo! Um, I, I, it was it was great. It was awesome. 
so I started in California and I started trying to go to events. Uh, my college campus had uh, events and had clubs. I was over in Claremont. Um, I had some friends who were like also grinding like me. We would drive out to like a Super Smash Sunday uh, and like that esports arena in LA and I would like watch or I would play. And um, I watched the documentary eventually because my brother said it was sick and I just got hooked. Like it just went from there, right? <laughs> As it does. Um, so yeah, uh, and then I ended up traveling all over the world and wherever I went, it seemed like Smash would follow me. I, I went to go stay with my brother in Portland, Oregon. I ended up playing with some awesome people there. I met a couple dudes right outside my brother's place at a bus stop and they were talking about playing Melee. And I what? just went up to them oh. and I was like, are you guys talking about Smash? And they're like, yeah. Turns out one of them lived across the street from my brother and I would go over to his after work that whole summer and we would just grind. We would just play Marth Falco, Marth Falco. I ended up becoming a, a Falco main after I played uh, Samus Falco on FD. I realized that matchup was so miserable. I just switched entirely <laughs> um, or dual main rather. And then I, I ended up uh, moving with my friend to Nicaragua in Central America, a tiny, tiny Central American country. Uh, nobody knows about, but if you do know Melee and Melee top players, you know that none is from Nicaragua. And so I, I tweeted at none. Yeah, I tweeted at none, and I was like, hey, I'm about to move to your very small country. Are there people I can play there? And he hooked me up. He, like, tweeted me back, and um, he, like, sent me an email with, like, different people in different towns. <laughs> uh, and I, I showed up with my bags at the airport in Managua, the capital, and I texted a guy. I dropped my bags off at my friend's place. And then I went to meet this guy at a bar at a casino or something like or at a mall. And I met up with him. We talked about Melee. He was like, sick. Come to my place. I went. I played probably 14, 15 hours straight of just Smash with different dudes in Nicaragua who had come to play me. Like they had come to this guy's house. Maybe they'd even come from out of town. And we just like played Smash all through the night. It was it was pretty sick. <laughs> that is so cool. Yep. And they were totally hospitable and they were, you know, they would let me play whoever for however long. And they recorded some of the matches as well. And I if if like I wasn't hooked on like sort of the community of Smash, like after that experience and after like traveling to multiple different places and seeing how it can sort of bridge certain gaps and bring people together. I I was totally like hooked on that now like after that and I was like okay like this is this is something that like uh I want to just destroy my whole life with <laughs> <laughs> I want to spend all my time playing thinking about smash yeah yeah okay but what and are then, you doing that causes you yeah. to go from California to Portland to Nicaragua and of course you're in Hong Kong but we'll get there eventually but what are you what are you doing with yourself yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I grew up in Hong Kong, actually. So, was born in the States. Uh, I'm mixed, so my, my mom is from China. My dad is from the States. Uh, I was born there, ended up moving to Hong Kong at an early age for my dad's work. Um, we uh, would go back to the U.S. a lot, but I ended up moving back uh, to the U.S. for college. Um, I was... I was doing the whole college thing in California, I was not having a great time. And so I, I took a summer off and then a semester off. Um, that's the summer I spent on my brother's couch in Portland. I was working at a burger place, flipping burgers and trying to play Smash <laughs> in the meanwhile. Um, actually, one of the, one of the dudes that you uh, interviewed, Connor, 
uh, he was like running the events at like Epic or whatever it was in Portland that me and my friends would drive to. I never really talked to him, but I, I'm sure I've handed him 10 bucks at one point for venue fee. Um, and, and uh, you know, meeting friends along the way and then went to Nicaragua because me and my friend were just like, hey, let's just travel for a few months. Um, and being able to, to sort of refocus. I then eventually did move back to California uh finished all my stuff there i got to go to like a couple genesis's you know genesis um (laughs) which was you know sick and then uh and then eventually i did choose to to move back to hong kong uh yeah so we haven't done a lot of east coast time or europe time yet for you right uh east coast or no i i did visit new york city at one point in like 2019 but i didn't end up playing with anybody i ended up playing like ultimate with some some folks oh yeah new york city has had some dry periods for melee but shout outs to ryobi definitely keeping the nightclub going and even like the net club like they're shout outs to ryobi i mean i think the function two is going to be a really great event in a couple of months when it happens. I forget when exactly it's happening, but the first function was really good. Function two, I I mean, before it got postponed, because it was supposed to happen in January, before it got postponed, it was like kind of a low-key major. So I'm excited to see how that, that turns out. I really love the idea of New York City being a great spot for, for Melee, just in general, because every major city, for me, I feel like should have a bigger or a, a reasonably healthy Melee scene, just just because of the sheer amount of people who live in those big towns. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, the thing over here has been, like, we don't have... Uh, we have, through Slippy, like, a great range of countries that in Southeast Asia that we can play with. But in each individual country, maybe players are too far spread out, or there just aren't enough players in general to really get a scene going. So, I mean, and we, we'll... I think end up talking more about this. Um, but most melee players right now in Southeast Asia, it's mostly like people who came from the States or like Europe or something. And, you know, they're, they're looking on Facebook or wherever or discord for people to find games with, or um, it's like the killers in Japan. I mean, <laughs> people like that you like run into them on net play because they're still, you know, putting in hours on unranked and you're just like, Oh, these guys are, are so so good but um you know it's just it's the covid era it's not easy to have in-person events yeah um so it's, it's totally changed the the landscape so the whole thing about slippy though is that it made delay based netcode which was pretty unviable when you got to a certain distance i mean even even cross country was essentially unplayable i i know that people with the rollback era say cross country for the united states ah oh, it's not great maybe we should just have region tournaments only but it is possible to do it because we've done it however you could you could just forget it for for con- cross country delay based netcode you could just totally forget it forget the idea so slippy's helpful because it makes it possible to play reasonable matches with minimal lag or i guess i should say minimal phantoming and all that stuff teleporting or rollback but that is to say southeast asia is not just like a small little tiny clump asia is a continent humongous so can you talk a little bit about because i'm bad at geography just talk a little bit about the countries that are that are classic Southeast Asia and just about players that you would know of and a little bit of storylines that I guess you, you like to think of other than the fact that what you've already said, people who have come over from different 
parts of the world to live in the region are trying to build up what they can, but it's slow going. And of course, you have all their other regular responsibilities of life. Yeah, for sure. Jesse, let me give you a lay of the land, so to speak. Yes, yes, um, yes. Thank you. <laughs> so there's been a few events that have really brought together the region. Uh, we've had like WAF just come in and ask us like, hey, can we include you guys in like the big rollback rumbles? And that was such a cool pivotal moment during like the beginning of Slippy and COVID era because it it's what got like the Southeast Asia discord scene together with like the Japanese scene. Uh, and it started to like create a lot of like uh, beautiful, beautiful sparks. Mm -hmm. um, but, go, you know, if you look at, I mean that let's, in the, I mean, wait, I said, let's go Brandon the wrong way. Let's go Waff. <laughs> oh, oops. That has multiple meanings right now in this day and age, doesn't it? Dang it. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh no. I mean to say that we love Brandon. that homemade waffles homie. who somehow is like responsible for reviving half the melee scene every other decade just, just keeps it. it going. And I he love did. that. He just does it. Mm -hmm. Um, he literally just, he tweeted at me. Uh, I was like on the <laughs> tail end of his tweets and I was just like, Hey, like, you know, we have a scene here in Hong Kong, like love what you're doing. And he, he DM'd me and he was like, Hey, like, tell me about your scene. Like, can we do this? Can we, can we put it together? Put me in touch. I put him in touch with all these people. Uh, and I really have to give a shout out to um, Sean X the Char, who he has been working on getting like things translated into Japanese to include Japanese players. He's been doing things like paying for uh, a VPN service that anybody on the Asia Discord can use in order to reroute your internet, basically, to get faster connections with people. Um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> 100%. And so when Waff was like, hey, who do I, you know, I put him in touch with Extra Char and all these other guys, um, I, I'm going to need a list. Uh, maybe I can find a list somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, let, let me, back to giving the lay of the land, okay? So, so like, if you look at those tournaments, the countries that we had were Cambodia, Hong Kong, I was competing, uh, Japan, Korea has, um, I think has a decent number of players, not as many as Japan. Then you have the Philippines. Nice. The Filipinos are flashy, aggressive, and really bad. I mean, they have a lot of soul, uh, but they, they're, they're not, and they all play like Falcon and Falco and Fox and stuff. And they're, <laughs> they have, they're good. Shout out to Yeti. But uh, the, edge guards, uh, they, they the edge guards come easy for those players when you're edge guarding them, maybe. They burn their double jump too early. Like they're they're triple shining you, but then they use their double jump too early when recovering. I I, I may have F throw forward smash them one too many times. I feel a little Ooh, bit bad. I can't, I can't say, yeah, that I is mean, unfortunate. You can't jump. You can't jump. You just don't jump. Just don't try and attack back on stage. No, but but so yeah, Korea has some formidable players. The Philippines has uh, a lot of players. They're actually running right now a uh, Filipino uh, tournament series. I believe it is. I don't want to misspeak, um, but I was talking to my friend Yetis Don't Exist Today. He's a Filipino streamer, TO, uh, and very, very good player. They have like 18 guys. They're doing like full round robin uh, Filipino league right now uh, oh, with $100. Yeah. Let's go. With $100, with 100 US dollars in the prize pot. So uh, shout out to them. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. I love that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like it's, it's, 
there's a main discord everybody's on there we're looking for games at like degenerate hours 3 a.m you know the like mm-hmm. and you know people are talking about the game people are memeing it's it's all the usual um but i i will say ever since real life has sort of progressed back into people's lives in asia after covid things have died down a lot so there was like a lot of tournaments and stuff waff was doing our tournaments like last year and the year before um but right now the last cool thing that we were doing was we had a mentor mentee tournament where a few of us maybe older players i started playing competitively in 2014 we started uh there's there's a huge wave of like new players so we started assigning coaches and players and then you know we had a week with them we were doing multiple training sessions and then we had a tournament last saturday and we were commentating our players me like i told him not to do that he's fucking up like <laughs> stuff like that and and it was a really really cool time right it's, it's just yeah a cool community thing and we want to keep doing stuff like that i think that's really fun bringing in new players yeah that is the challenge right because logistically that's we're talking an area of region that covers hundreds and hundreds of miles so it is very ch- and and sea so this is a uh, this is not just something that everybody just oh just drive to the thing like you have to cross international borders and everything else and of course with covid kind of starting to chill a little bit that doesn't necessarily mean oh everything's opened up oh everything's back to pre covid i mean that's going to be part of our lives moving forward in some capacity no matter what i mean we we yeah. we are doing a better job recently but of course you can't account for new variants and this that and the third so it's not like oh let's just go ahead and make things happen now with the exception of the smash world tour because that's like one idea that you have other than what you've already been trying to do with the region which is i mean doing stuff like mentor mentee that's that's so cool i love that concept and then doing different ideas like that it's well, now that the Smash World Tour is starting to try to have events happen in certain areas, what better way yeah. to draw international talent? I mean, people talk about wanting to go to Australia to play at BAM or Phantom because it's either a gold event for the Smash World Tour or a platinum event. The natural connection is, oh, well, if there was an event in Hong Kong or if there was an event in the Philippines, Cambodia. I mean, there there's one event in Seoul in South Korea, which is really, really cool. But I think that's like one of the more disconnected parts of the region. Would, would that be fair to say? Just because I feel like, isn't it kind of at the same north-south uh, part of, of Asia where kind of above Japan-ish? Sorry, which countries specifically? South Korea. Isn't South Korea, isn't it just kind of up It is there? further up north. Oh, right. Yeah, with Japan. Mm-hmm. Right, and like mm-hmm. the Philippines would be sort of like towards the bottom, like getting towards New Zealand and Australia yes. kind of a thing. Right, okay. Yes, so. Why not the have... troublesome thing? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, no, you're, 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 you got it. You got it. So, I, well, you're talking about hosting physical events. Um, we're, you know, us right now in terms of connections, it's actually, it's weird with connections and how they work because something about the, the landlines or something. So, actually, you'll get like faster connections to countries that are technically farther away f- for some reason, but it's just because that's where the internet cables run through. That's, that's what I've been told. But you're talking about hosting uh, in real life tournaments. IRL, yes, that is the challenge. It is the challenge. And uh, an interesting thing is like, you have like, I remember in LA, we went to that esports arena and it's like they have a dedicated esports space. And the thing that I've been focusing on is like, I think it'd be really sick to host in Hong Kong uh, different like esports stuff. 
So what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to get together with my friend and make like a place where melee tournaments could feasibly happen. Because one of the earlier tournaments that I actually attended was when I was back from college, I was visiting my family in Hong Kong. And one of my friends was like, oh, I know this guy. And he also plays Smash. He, he's like in school in the UK. Um, and he had been to like the dream hack in Europe that HBox ended up winning. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, he plays, he plays really well. He's really high level. Let's go and like, let's try and beat him and level up. So we went <laughs> and uh, it's this great guy, Anthony Katon, Katon. Uh, and he, you know, he had basically rented an Airbnb and he had just stuck a bunch of small CRTs in there. And you had all these different people from around Hong Kong, like, like a Russian dude. There's like a few like, uh, people who like, they would always like play together, but like they, it was just like a homey thing. Like they weren't really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like, and, and it was really inspiring. I won, I won, uh, I'm just going to show a little, little memento, but I, I won this little sick, uh, melee book. Like he, he gave this to me for third place and it's like, it's got like all the characters moves and stuff on it. It's like really cute. Right. And and I was like, oh, my God, this is sick. Imagine TOing and be able to do something like that for someone else. I want that. It's sick, right? <laughs> I, like, would start writing, like, melee things in here that I wanted to incorporate in my play. It's cool. Mm. Uh, yeah. Did you write Uptilt versus Falcon? Because that really, really helps. <laughs> I definitely wrote a mango combo where he just uptilts into shine as shield pressure, and they don't... They don't react fast enough. You just get a, a free shine. So it that's is beautiful. I mean, yeah. a lot of low level falcons are really excited for stomp out a shield. So that seems like pretty pretty free to me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but then oh, when you God. hit when they hit it on you, you feel like, oh man, I've regressed like five levels in the past two seconds. Exactly. You're caught slipping. It's the worst feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you have to look at your watch. You're like, oh, when am I gonna get need? No. <laughs> did you do you just turn your brain off when you're getting comboed like that because it's like i'm not playing for a whole lot right in this moment like i don't need to try to sdi and tech this blah 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 like dude when you're getting comboed most of the time i feel like the idea is uh, i don't know how much effort i need to be making to escape this because if they're good enough they're just going to hit it anyway i mean I, I guess if I were playing against a high level enough person, I would be trying to do everything that I can because I want to get a feel for it. But maybe after a while, I would just get a little cynical and lazy. Where where do you feel like you fall with that? It's just total panic. I mean, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm like holding in and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, when's it going to come? And and then and then I, you know, I remember I was playing like the guys in Nicaragua and like some of these guys have been playing for like 10 years. Like their style is really unique and amazing. A lot of them play Falcon. And I just remember, like, I'd be holding it. I'm so terrified because they move so fast. And then they just, they up air you or they knee you and they get, they get the knee afterwards. And then you feel, like, even more full. And, and then you're like, okay, next time, I'm not going to, like, hold in, right? That's, that's the only thing you're focusing on. And the next time, like, you get out of the combo and then you live and then you get the stock. And then you're just, like, the dopamine just... And then you're just, yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that, the that's the hook. That's how Melu that's how melee gets you yeah yes because you can get enough feedback so you would describe yourself as someone who can feel that improvement even on like a more a, a smaller scale i think what a lot of new players and you would be able to speak to this because you interact with a lot of the newer players in the southeast asian region is that there's a certain amount of distance you have to go before you can start to do anything when it comes to oh i'm a slippy kid i've been playing for less than two years 
Oh, I'm a doc kid, so I've been playing for nearly 10 years. Oh, well, I was an MLG kid, so I've been playing for... I don't know how many of those people are in Southeast Asia anyway, but if you've been playing for even three years versus just two years, big difference. And so it yes. might be hard to feel like, oh, I'm getting better at the game. So what do you like to tell new people who are saying, uh, I'm just not... I don't feel the, I don't feel the improvement here. It, it's all about small attainable goals which is what um you know trying to focus on for coaching when when like covid started i had started uh tutoring this guy who he had just picked up smash and we were originally like we had started playing on the delay base net code and then even for the tournament last weekend it was like just breaking it down into the next thing that you have to do or the next thing that you have to look out for if you got like down tilted by martha bunch of neutral then you're going to watch where you plant yourself or you're going to try and outspace or you're going to try and jump over um and and then just yeah like that's that's sort of the improvement roadmap that melee taught me and then reading all these like smashboards guides which is just like you need to like pick like go back look at your games pick out when you got hit why you got hit and then what are you going to do next time to trip that up in that same scenario? What are you going to do next time to eke out a win and get your punish? Cause Melee is like pool. Right? I don't know. Like I was playing pool a lot with my brother, um, but like pools a game where like, if a good player uh, has the ball or has like the action, then they can just win. They can just, if they play perfectly, then you don't get to play the game at all. Right. And, and <laughs> Melee, Melee feels like that sometimes. Right. But yeah luckily luckily like this game in most scenarios you do have counterplay and you can look back and be like oh like i could have sei'd five more times like wizzy or i could have <laughs> i could have eked out a shine out of shield or something yeah yeah and that's why playing spaces is so tempting for a lot of newer players and and for me i have played here and there throughout my life but i never entered events until 2021 last year so when I started playing people who actually knew what they were doing, I was going, well, shine is a frame one move, so that can kind of get me out of trouble sometimes. I'll just hold down and shine. Of course, with Falco, that is hard because as soon as they start spacing well, you don't hit them. So for me, I, I know that I just have to get my movement better because if I am thinking about moving at all, then against a player who already moves without even thinking, then there's, there's the immediate disadvantage right there. So that's how I... Think of it for myself i think i just need to get more and more comfortable moving and then i can continue to go on from there and i think that matches <laughs> my intuition it matches the the lod golden pathway of improvement or whatever it was i mean yeah. i i watched the video where somebody with a very good pleasant sounding voice was reading it all <laughs> the way through that's a great youtube video by the way Shout i saw out. that one I think it's I think it's Gento Smash or Gento SSBM. Just look up Lod Golden Pathway to Improve and you'll find it. But now that now that we're talking about stuff about Southeast Asia, I wanna I wanna take a break from it and go back to when you were out in California and you went to a few of the Genesis tournaments because I love hearing stories from there. So do you have one in particular that re that comes out sticks out in your memory right now? Oh yeah. Um so I went to, okay, so Genesis 3, Mango made that crazy loses. Genesis 4, um, I went to Genesis 4 and Genesis 5. So nice. Genesis 4, yeah. Genesis 4, I got to see Mango, like, destroy <laughs> Leffen's mentality in that crazy Game 5 set. Um, and I'm, like, I'm somewhere in the crowd, like, losing my gosh darn mind. Um, 
I, I'm like on a chair screaming and my friends are like, calm down, bro. Like <laughs> it was actually really, really cool. Cause actually my Portland friends, they, they had driven down for, uh, for Genesis. So I got to like hang out with them and, uh, I was like, yeah. And they were like, tell us about Nicaragua. And I was like, I leveled up. I couldn't enter bracket, but I would have slain all of you. And they're like, okay, prove it. <laughs> like after grand finals, we go back to the hotel room and I'm just like whooping them. Um, <laughs> uh, but so I went to that one and, that, that was that was a lot of fun. That was really hype. The grand finals was a wash. But then the <laughs> next Genesis, I think the next Genesis, I think slime on the scene had come out. And so I got this idea that I was like, you know what? Like, I, I love talking to people. I'm going to bring a camera and uh, I think actually this microphone. And I'm just going to like interview people at Genesis. And I'm going to ask them about like the bracket experience and like what's going on. And I just sort of like showed up and it's a giant convention hall or whatever. And I, I planted a tripod and like, I was very, very nervous, but I just started, you know, I, I had a sign and I had written on the <laughs> sign, um, a meme on camera, uh, for, for money or something like that. Zero dollars in parentheses. It was like, I'm not actually giving people money. Right. Yeah, but I'm just like, yeah, Hey, yeah. come, come, meme, come meme on camera. And like, it was really, really nice. Like a lot of people came up to me and just, you know, just to chat because they saw the sign and they're like, yeah, I'll tell you about my bracket experience. I would ask them like silly questions. Like, would you rather give Kirby Falco lasers or make Bowser uh, 10 times smaller in size or stuff like that? Um, and uh, a few top players like even went up to me and then I was like, I had the starstruck, like oh, oh, your ax and you've beaten <laughs> West Balls and Falco Diddles and you don't mm -hmm. even play the character. Like, you're so fucking cool. Swedish Delight, he went up to me and he was like, I was playing in bracket and I'm sick, so I didn't play well. And then internally, I'm like, no, Johns. Oh, you <laughs> I didn't say that. Close. I didn't say that. You were this close I was like, to being dude. super degenerate. <laughs> but only, I was there's like, only dude, one slime, though. There, there is there is only one slime. I wasn't there to make fun of them. I was just there, you know, and then I, I wanted to like shoot footage of like people doing crazy stuff, so I ended up bringing my camera to uh, the grand finals where they have it in the theater. Yeah. And I, I'm just sitting there and, and that's when Plup wins. Yeah. Um, and everybody is like going nuts and I, I'm going nuts. I'm a huge Plup fan because he plays Samus. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still like a Samus diehard. Like she's super cool. Um, and and that was that was really cool. Like I, I still have the footage somewhere. Like I never ended up actually doing anything with it i got to meet up with nun again i had met him in nicaragua but then uh i i showed up and i was like hey like let's money match he was like okay sure and um and yeah it was just cool to be able to like uh talk to people and and sort of see like like genesis is sort of like the pinnacle right yeah like you can have like sss's but like being able to see like melee in full swing is like another another thing so i, I was very very grateful for that opportunity i didn't so have to drive you, like you were talking about time. how genesis 4 was a wash because armada with the fastest 3-0 of all time against mango and grand finals i mean we were all very happy that mango got back there but then he was just like i'm done <laughs> i i do <laughs> not have it in me to do this but then next yeah. year armada's once again, on his way to grand finals, except Club 3 owes him in winner's semis. I, I Every time I see that, I just go, that's so weird. It's so weird that Armada would get not only knocked out of winners for the first time, 
on his way to grand finals out of Genesis, but also that it would be a 3-0, that it would be a Zelda kick. I mean, it was so bizarre. Like, I don't think that Toph and Scar knew how to properly capture how crazy it was because it was so weird to see it happen in the first place. They're like, how can you? What happened? How can you be ready? <laughs> no one was he ready. Kicks him! <laughs> so it you was got to such see, a you got to see both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got to see both perspectives. I, I'm just curious of like, even though one grand finals was amazing, it was awesome because Plup defeats Hungrybox, which has been yeah, that's been a hard matchup for him, even as playing as Fox. And then you see Armada just like run through to run through Mango. So why would both of them? How do both of them get along with each other, support each other? Like where it's like one is yeah. sort of expected result, kind of boring, and then uh, the other being an upset. Does it make the upset more special? Do you think that if it were always an upset, that it would kind of get boring? I don't know. I'm just trying to capture like how do yeah. you perceive two different events where one is more appealing to yeah. go to in theory, but was does it does it even matter to you? Do you, do you like the experience even if Mario got trucked? by armada right right right. well i think we all just saw it um so what i will say is that like being in the auditorium was a really like electric experience and everybody's like losing it for mango leffen like everybody loses their gosh darn minds um and and so like that sort of expectation from like the last genesis and like how he had just like barely clawed back and like the plot armor was in full effect i feel like that sort of kept us going and as we're all like watching him get like power shield down smash wave dash back down smash by armada and just executing <laughs> it was just he's just he's just executing these perfect edge guards and we could all feel like armada is like the better player right now but we're all hoping super hard for mango and then when when I think like, you know, the last edge guard, it's like on Yoshi's and it just, you know, it happens and everybody, everybody's just, you know, like, oh, fuck. We were riding so high from the Leffen and everything and we all wanted another like or another reset. Can Mango actually bring it back? But I mean, it's what happens, right? And then and then you still have the melee itch. That's that's when you go with your homies back to the hotel room and you're just like man if only mango had done this or that but you know what whatever let's play some money matches <laughs> we'll have a beer we'll play some money matches you know my fox is so much better than yours oh, i'll show you care. how mango would have beaten armada here but i'll do this super cool thing yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and then i gotta tell you the watching plop win i i must have like rewatched. i went home and rewatched the set and i was just like going through that cycle again of just being like oh my god yeah and then this happens and just like loving it because like you sort of see like plup popped off and stuff and like it was cool like i saw him outside the theater but i'm like i had approached plup at a tournament earlier actually in southern california where i had gone up to him and i was like hey i just started playing melee and like i play samus and um i think you should switch back to samus <laughs> he was like he was like he was wearing his spongebob hat he was like okay oh yeah thanks no <laughs> and i was like oh okay i wanted to give it a shot so i i, I didn't want to like approach him again and bother him but i was like you know like it was like i think i think everybody in the auditorium was it was like the mango left set where it was like it was a super like sort of were keeping your butt held together because it was just so close and everybody on the edge of their seats it happens 
Plop wins, and then, you know, people pop off. And then the celebration starts. I think the melee scene knows how to celebrate, if there's anything. <laughs> Somebody ran up onto stage. Do you remember seeing that after Plop won, or were you too busy losing your mind? Uh, yeah. I remember Mewtwo King running up on stage. No, like and a, I thought a that random that was... person ran up on stage. I think Bobak was the one who came up and, like, pushed him off. He was like, <laughs> get out of here. And he, like, told him off, right? He was like, what are you yeah i think i uh, i'd I'd have to go back and look at my footage um uh, but oh. i'm a huge mewtwo king plup fan i'm a huge mewtwo king. i think like their relationship is super sweet so like I, I was happy to see them like hug it up yeah that's like a top five friendship right there you know it's like axe and vector man all that stuff They're, it's right up there oh yeah oh yeah 100%. so i have a couple of uh, uh submitted questions and one is actually from our mutual friend friend of the show in homemade waffles we got a question from brandon let's go and I'll oh stop. sick let's yeah. go my friend. yeah let's go homemade waffles homemade waffles yay so he wants to know what the major regionalized uh, habit or difference is in terms of how people perceive melee or characters or something where you say, oh, yep, you must be from you must be from the Southeast Asian region, you must be from Japan or from or from Hong Kong or from or from the Philippines. Korea. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, ah, that's really interesting. Um, I think, I think people. Uh, I think people in Japan, they play super interestingly. Like I'm, I'm trying to analyze like how they play, um, but it's it's a little bit difficult. Like, okay, so you we've all heard about this player Ingen, who has who's like a slippy kid, and he like came second at like the Japanese Smash World Tour event and stuff like that. He's super formidable. I was getting trunched. I was getting like three stocked by him relentlessly just uh, a few hours ago on Slippy. Um, I think they, there is a huge mentality about like playing certain situations, um, in like really like rehearsed ways. Like Amsa has a lot of awesome mix-ups that he will play over and over again in the same situations, and then Ingen has a lot of those sort of same mix-ups. I don't know. It's I I don't want to come off as like too vague or something, but like there's definitely like a difference because like. People in the states, like they'll, you'll just have like the the foxes that will run train and like the the Captain Falcons who are trying to be really flashy and stuff. Yeah. But you see like some Japanese players um, who like uh, there's this great Falco Donkos, and he has some Twitter clips where he's labbing out Falco punishes, really specific percents on specific characters, and but the things he comes up with are nutty. And then you play him in friendlies and you see him trying out this sort of stuff. And I think it's like a sort of like technical like precision that maybe isn't as seen in the West, at least in like certain certain specific scenarios. I think Zane is a good player who also would fall into this category because he'll have like double jump edge cancel setups for yeah. specific positions on the stage oh, yeah. that blow your mind, right? Because it's it's he gets the optimal punish. And so that's what I see from like like Amsa, whenever he brings his Yoshi out, like at Summit, like we see like how it gives like runs and dividends. Like he's able to like out, uh, out, out, outsmart and just outperform so many top players in really niche, uh, neutral situations. So 
and then also I, I guess like I said before, the Filipino guys, they're nuts. They're crazy. I don't know what the fuck they're doing half the time. Stop flying off the stage, please. <laughs> I beg you guys. If someone's doing that, I'm just like, oh, he's a he's probably from the Philippines. Shout out to Roya. <laughs> Shout out to Roya. <laughs> love you, dude. But yeah. I, I love hearing that there's I mean, because there's a lot of different stereotypes. East Coast is sort of like more methodical. Uh, West Coast is a little bit more crazy. European players are like super hardcore East Coasters in a way. So I love hearing about there's like differences in each region. And I think another part of Brandon's question would also just be about perception of characters like Yoshi because you have a really good Yoshi in-house. And I think one thing that gets talked about, at least from the Tof camp, because Tof has housed Amsa before, uh, knows knows Amsa's Yoshi very well just by commentating it and everything and watching a lot of footage of it. And then, of course, because Tof spent time in Japan and seeing the players over there, I've, I've heard this enough times that Amsa doesn't regularly sweep the Japan tournaments like there'll be players who actually challenge amsa and occasionally win versus when amsa goes over to the states and everybody goes oh amsa could could like place top five top three easy for this mm. tournament depending on how it goes and for smash summit 12 people were saying is amsa going to win this tournament because of how well he was playing over that weekend until he ran into ibdw but would mm. you say that everybody because they get enough yoshi practice that just means it's easier to play against AMSA, even though that is still a monumentally hard task, or does everybody just respect the fact that AMSA is so good intuitively with Yoshi that it doesn't matter. Yoshi doesn't become top tier. It's just more of who you're playing when it comes to that matchup. Yeah. I mean, people have, uh, I think a little bit more maybe respect and then also like time playing Yoshi over here. Um, there's another good Yoshi in Japan called Tamo, T-A-M-O, and you'll run into him. You run run into Amsa on Slippy. Um, I've seen like Amsa's streams, and he'll have like a, a fox friend over. I'm not sure which one. But Shinsuke. It it might be. It might be. Um, uh, I know but, they've played at least a few exhibition matches in the same in the same house yes. uh, at Amsa's place together. Okay, so it, that's it might have been. <laughs> No, no, no. It, it, it's it's definitely like it could definitely be him because I know the exhibitions you're talking about. I, I think just watching one of them, like you can see Fox outplaying Yoshi in super specific situations that are basically impossible to react to. So you just know that he has played Amsa and Yoshi enough to know that th this is how Fox wins this scenario because it, uh, you know, uh, Yoshi is so good and Amsa is so good because he's so dedicated to getting like really sick setups mm -hmm. uh, and optimizing punishes, but you'll you'll see like you know Fox is just broken. <laughs> <laughs> like he can just get out of that scenario or just you know up throw up air Yoshi, and yeah I don't know like seeing seeing some of their games sort of blew my mind and maybe realize that my camera's not working, but also maybe realize that yeah like it's it's just that. Amsa has to play at such a higher level in order to to eke out those wins, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, that's the eternal curse of having a character who is not quite in the land of top tier because there's certain deficiencies that Captain Falcon has or that Peach has, but they're a lot closer to being there. Whereas for Yoshi, definitely fringe, definitely fringe. But 
it's really character. Sorry, it's really people like Amsa, and I guess in the in the states, people like Whiskers and yeah. Go Yoshi. No, 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 no. Go something else. E U E X. Ah, I forget. I do apologize to that player. I can't quite remember your right. whole tag. But there are, I, there are. I personally, I miss Avalancer's Yoshi. Avalancer was that his name? I think he also changed it. Newbie. Yeah. So I, I miss that guy. Yeah, but there, there's 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 a certain amount of representation for the character that we get to see, but it's really Amsa who pushes everything. I feel like still, so it's obviously you have to you have to go up against the top tiers and the high tiers. You have to deal with Fox and Falco and Falcon. Then there's always those are always going to be hard matchups for Yoshi. But I still, of and- course, like you, I'm sure rooting for Amsa to do it at a major someday. I think he can. Um... I, I actually like I'm a super Amsa believer. I think he's just so so good and and the character is actually really fast and puts you in tough spots um that he has just like figured out like he figured out how to use uh Yoshi's command grab in neutral. And I I, I was on the the receiving end of that before he went over to Summit and I was just like, "Man, like Yoshi's command grab actually good?" question mark question mark. <laughs> um and then I see him using it like I see like uh homemade waffles on the mic being like like surprise when Yoshi's pulling that out in at Summit and I'm just like yeah like he's he's been labbing the stuff for for months. So it's a really interesting dynamic and also I think that you can just tell like uh top players at Summit like they're thrown off by the double jump armor. Like Yoshi, I know my camera is like so stuck right now, but it's it's okay. No worries. Uh, Yoshi it it's 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 such a difficult sort of uh aspect or game mechanic to play around and the fact that like they're unpracticed at it. Like, I think he Amsa's better than just like oh they don't know how to how to work against against double jump armor. He just he just brings so so much. So I know next time he's gonna bring even more. Can't wait. What do you think is gonna happen to the region of Southeast Asia when Amsa eventually moves to Canada? Ooh, good question. Um, well, I can tell you one thing. And I wrote this down so I don't forget it. I can tell you that we have another season of our Asia Regional, the ASMR series, season two, starting March 26th. So I know that that will be happening no matter if AMSA is here or in Canada. But I also know everybody should get hyped for that. And if you're in the region, please sign up. It'll be awesome. I also know that, I also know that, uh, like, I think it'll still be like Japan is dominant. Um, Korea, Korea might still have some really, really good players, um, but I think it's a little transient. Uh, people are moving around a little bit. And uh, I think the rest of the, the broader scene, like, will still keep, like, doing events and, like, seeing sort of, like, who's second to some of the really good Japanese players. You know, players like Sana or Shippu or Sheik. Uh, some, some of these players that are, like, even in Japan, but they're not necessarily native Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. um we have like quill the new york puff player he like he's living in japan like a lot of really good melee talent right now is is in japan so japan will still stay dominant in in the region and we'll keep on trying to have like events where japan and the rest can can play and compete and even though there's not going to be a smash world tour event it looks like in hong kong or in the philippines hopefully the event that is happening for the smash world tour in japan I think it's the 
I want to say Battle Gateway Arena, and then yes. the event the event up in Seoul, South Korea. We'll hopefully draw some players from other parts of Southeast Asia together to play for an IRL event. Hopefully, one that also draws talent in from America because it always helps. Like if you have a big tournament like that, it becomes not your genesis per se, but it just becomes an event that you remember by, and it it adds to the lore. It adds to it adds to stories and community of people saying, oh, I really like everybody that's here. And that happened to you, especially when you went to Nicaragua. So if it continues to happen to, especially to the newer players, it just keeps you locked in. And then you end up appearing on a podcast that is like mid-level uh, <laughs> five years <laughs> afterwards. Hey, you've interviewed MK Leo and like Toph and Pew Pew you. I, I wouldn't say mid-level. Those are all some amazing, amazing people that you've talked to. They are very, very uh, cool. Yes, thank you. Heck yeah. No, yeah. This is, this is truly sick. And yeah, if, if there's one thing that I could say, it's just that um, Melee, Melee is always going to be a game where people are going to find a way to play it, right? Like Slippy has shown us that. Um, and in-person events um i i I, you know it's super super precarious in 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 covid times but i think new players seeing those players compete on the stage and seeing what is possible in this region i really truly hope that a lot of them like get inspired get in touch and start finding people to play with just download slippy and just find people on the discord or wherever just to play with because i think pretty soon people will realize like um esports is coming it's just a fact. And there's there's a lot of aspects of Asian culture, uh, not to generalize because it's a huge region, but there's a lot of aspects of Asian culture where it, it can be a little bit prohibitive. But uh, e- esports is definitely coming and Melee is going to stick around, I'm pretty sure, for decades to come. Oh, absolutely. I believe that. The last question that I have is a Patreon question from Smokey, who wants to know, because the one thing that I did know about you for sure, for sure, was that you commentated at the big one for the Southeast Asian bracket with Nathan Sandwich. You commentated. So Smokey wants to know, how do you go about practicing commentary? Do you practice at all? Or is that just sort of a get on the mic and rip it until people actually say good job and stop and stop? like trashing you in Twitch chat. I mean, that's my impression, right? You just do it until people stop complaining. Oh, um, that's a really, really good question, Smokey. Um, First of all, shout outs to Nathan Sandwich. Uh, That guy has uh, buckets of passion for the game, and he was really, really awesome to commentate with. Um, I think you've also interviewed him. Oh my gosh, you're everywhere. Nathan Sandwich is a a multi-homie of the show, actually, yeah. Look at you, Jesse, you're everywhere. Um, in terms of commentary, in terms of commentary, I, I do, I do practice, uh, at times, uh, I really, really enjoy a good commentary. If you find a good commentator, really break down why you like them and then try and just start off. You can emulate, right? Just like we do with melee. Like we emulate our top players. You can emulate top commentators for sure. Right? So if you want to be the hype commentator, like scar, you can go, yo, just like him. Was that a Ford smash? Yo, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, I'm losing it. If you want to be more analytical, you can be a Tove type. You can be a, a Vish type where or, uh, you can just add, add in uh, what you think is, is the really important aspect of the match. If you oh, can really BPMD, condense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can condense what you believe is the relationship, what's really going on in the match, 
and succinctly say it and you know you're working well with the mic it's good to practice on a mic so you know what to do how to make love to the mic then uh then your commentating will get better that's what i'll say I love that. And also, I should say shout-outs to Nathan Sandwich as well for connecting us in the first place because I believe he was the person who said you should interview Adam in the first place. And this happened long oh. enough ago. I can't remember for sure. But that's how Nathan. we got connected, is it not? You don't have a Twitter. Yeah. Nathan, that's so awesome. What a homie. I'm just I'm blown away. Sorry. No, because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's how that worked. So... I'd have to go uh -huh. back and check our messages because I would have said why I was reaching out to you. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> uh. it it was I I did comment on your Nathan Sandwich interview and I was like Nathan is a really dedicated guy. It's super awesome that you interviewed him. I remember I I listened to him because I remember as well the big one was really difficult to run. Him and Jade were like up all night for like a week straight doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yep. That so, was a that was a a work that hopefully won't have to be replicated again. But always shout outs to Jade and Nathan, Jade especially for staying up for like seventy two hours straight. Ridiculous, ridiculous, holy. ridiculous hours. That is a little bit unhealthy. I'm not gonna lie. But Nathan, I heard is he toing Genesis? So Nathan is going to be the melee TO person for, for Genesis this upcoming April, which is really, really cool. And Jade will be helping with that as well. I think to a certain extent, Connor as well. So Props. my my idea of it is that Nathan is just sort of like triple teaming it with Jade and, and Connor. So I know that they're going to be able to do that really, really well. Nathan was talking to me about Genesis and was talking about how they just are going to have little teeny brackets of people who are already out of the out of the event out of the singles bracket and just doing like oh let's do an eight person paper bracket let's do like a seven person or or a 12 person paper bracket i'm like you're gonna do that on top of having everybody captain pools and everything else and nathan's like yeah we're gonna do that <laughs> he's like it's a genesis thing people people have done that at past genesis events i'm like why would you it seems like such a crazy concept to me that while you're doing all this big stuff for melee that you're just going to do more melee but like you said if you want to play melee you're just you're just going to figure out a way to do it i love that exactly <laughs> that's awesome i can't believe that i've interacted with those three people as well and I, I live in hong kong like that just goes to show you like most of the melee community is very accessible if you show up to an event or your local You'll end up meeting some people, and it goes from there. Oh, you know what? I wanted to ask you this, so I have to squeeze this in as well. Are you going to be able sure. to go to a North American event at some point in 2022, or is that not in the cards for you? Good question. Um, probably, probably not in the cards. Maybe around about winter time, Christmas time. If things go well this year, then I'll be able to. You know, I got family back there. My brother, and my sister, they're both there. Sure. So. Look out for me at your Bay Area local <laughs> come winter time. I might be there. Bay Area Rumble. That's the regional up in NorCal that Nathan Sandwich is running. So if there's a Bay Area Rumble in December-ish, then hey. I'll have to go there. there. That'd be so cool. I'll have to go there. That'd be sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that Anywhere is you for... go, you can find a Smash Home. 
Yes, yes. Sorry. I love that. No, you've you've literally proven that from South America to Asia to North America. We're just going to have to see how le- my, how much further you can go to other parts of the world, but I love I love hearing all these stories and I have more questions, but to to wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to plug or talk about whatever you want because we're not going to be able to tell people where to find you. You don't have much or any of a social media presence, so you could just use this time to talk about whatever, and that's what we can wrap up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you can follow me at, at FalcoMaster6000 on Twitter. Um, I sorry, I that, probably should have. I could. What? <laughs> you have the. Should have told you that. Should have told you that. I, I don't. I, I, I not logged in in ages because I don't know where the password is. But that is my Twitter. <laughs> that's, that's where waffles. That's where waffles message me. Technically, that does exist. That's where. That's how I message none as well. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh what I want to say. I want to say. Listen, everybody. Listen. If you're in the Southeast Asia scene, you gotta hit us up because we are dying to coach you, turn you into the best player that you can be. And you will not regret it because there's nothing else to do right now. There's nothing else to do. COVID has ended people's social lives. So join us. There is a Southeast Asian Discord. If you go on Twitter and you look up Southeast Asia Melee, you will also find a Twitter account that will translate upcoming tournaments into Japanese and English so that you can find a way, find the Discord link, and get in touch with us. We'd love to have everybody in our community. We love looking for games at all hours of the day. And, uh, yeah, melee is movement. We love life. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the thank Smash you. Mountain. Thank you, man.